So it was my bones grinding on the deadlift bar. So I would go in and, you know, I'd, I'd go to deadlift and it was incredibly painful because I didn't have that flesh. Welcome to the Shaw Strength Podcast. I am your host, Brian Shaw, and today... I've got an episode for you that I hope that a lot of you can get some value out of. I think all too often in life, we talk about the victories, we talk about the celebrations, we talk about the great moments, but we don't talk about challenges and adversity and low points enough. And so today, I'm going to talk to you guys about probably one of the lowest points in my entire life actually. And uh, all of the challenges that I had at that point in my life and, you know, what my mindset was and how I was able to work through all of those different things to come out the other side better and thankful for what I had gone through, even though at the time things seemed kind of, you know, at a point where I wasn't sure how I was going to get out. So, this all happened in 2012. Uh, many of you enjoyed the podcast episode that we did uh, where I talked about overcoming my torn bicep and working through that. So this is actually following that up. So earlier in 2012, I had gone through all of that. I you know, made a plan. I executed that plan. I got back to a great spot where I was motivated. I was hungry. And I wanted nothing more than to come into the 2012 World's Strongest Man contest ready to defend my title because I had won my first title in 2011. So I was hungry and, you know, kind of had a chip on my shoulder because of what I had gone through with the biceps. So my training was on point. I was feeling really, really good. I was hungry every training session going into the 2012 World's Strongest Man but my hand started to have some issues. So it was kind of one of these things that, that crept up on me. And it was the best way to describe it at the beginning was I felt like I had slept on my arm wrong. So I was waking up, my hand was a little bit numb. You know, it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, I didn't think much of it. But from there, what I remember distinctly happening to me is there was a max log at the 2012 World's Strongest Man in the final. And when I was going to train the log, I remember one day going to grab the log, looking at my left hand as I was trying to grab the handle of the log and basically mentally telling my fingers to move and wrap around the handle of the log. And I couldn't do that. So my fingers weren't moving, and so I had to reach over with my right hand, grab each one of my fingers on my left hand, wrap it around the handle of the log, and then push my thumb down and kind of lock it into place. And that's how I started training. Obviously, this concerned me, but I was only a few weeks out from the 2012 World's Strongest Man. Like I said, my training was on point. All of my numbers in training were looking really, really good going into that contest, but once that started happening, things went downhill very, very quickly for me. So walking into the 2012 World's Strongest Man Contest, I was obviously concerned about that. I was able to fight through that. But 
at the contest, it just got worse and worse and worse. It seemed, it seemed like by the day, once I stopped being able to kind of tell my fingers to move, everything just escalated quickly. And, and like I said, got much worse. So when I was at the world strongest man contest in 2012, I, at that point had lost the ability to get dressed by myself. I had lost the ability to tie my shoes. I could no longer tie my shoes. I could no longer put on my supportive gear by myself at all. So I was very fortunate in 2012 because we competed a lot at the host hotel. So a lot of the events happened in front of the hotel. So what I would do so that none of the other competitors in the contest understood how bad my my hand, I guess, injury at that point, I didn't quite know what kind of an injury it was, but I didn't want them to know that I couldn't tie my shoes. I didn't want them to know that I couldn't, you know, get dressed by myself and, you know, do some of these normal things because obviously in my head, I did not want to show any weakness whatsoever. So I made it through my qualifying group. I made it into the final. And there are several different things in the 2012 final that I remember distinctly, one of which was the truck pull. And by this point, not only had I lost the function of my hand, but I also had lost the feeling. So, you know, for example, I have a shaker bottle in front of me here. At that contest, if I was grabbing this shaker bottle and trying to hold it, I couldn't tell you at that point if I was touching the shaker bottle or if I was applying pressure to the shaker bottle. So I, I could think I was squeezing hard, but I wouldn't know if I was if I was even touching it because I couldn't feel my hand and I I basically you know, kind of just had to look and say, okay, I think I'm squeezing it hard enough. But in, in the truck pull, for example, you have a lead rope and you're pulling on that lead rope. And so every time my left hand would grab the lead rope, I would have to look at it to make sure I was even grabbing the rope, number one. And then I felt like the entire time it was going to fall out of my hand because I didn't know if I was applying any pressure to the rope. We had a natural stone loading event, which normally I would look forward to a lot in that type of contest but with a natural stone you have to kind of be able to feel the grooves and be able to place your hands where they need to go well when I went to grab the stones I could tell where my right hand was I couldn't tell where my left hand was and that really hurt me in that event in the deadlift I uh, had got to the point where you know even though we were allowed to use straps in the deadlift I couldn't keep my hand closed enough in that contest basically to keep my hand strapped in. It, it was just one of these things where it was so hard mentally for me, and especially coming off fighting through the bicep uh, tear earlier in the year, I felt like I was just back at that same spot and I'm just trying to fight for everything to get through the 2012 World Strongest Man Contest. And like I said, I made the final, I got through the final, ended up in fourth place at that contest and you know it, it was one of these things where I felt like I had the ability to win especially with how my training was going obviously losing the function of my hand did not translate well to my overall performance I fought through it I was very proud of fighting through it and you know nobody really knew how bad my hand was uh, at that contest because I didn't talk about it. And like I said, I literally got dressed in my room fully 
uh, to walk down to compete just so the other competitors didn't know how bad it was. So I ended the 2012 World's Strongest Man Contest. And unlike the bicep injury that I had had early in the year, I didn't have a plan of how to get better because I didn't know what was going wrong with my hand and why it was happening. So I left that contest and, and had to pull out of uh, the, there was an Arnold uh, that was happening, I believe in Spain, uh, that I ended up having to pull out of because I, I literally was to the point where I couldn't get dressed and, and uh, really was concerned. I was really starting to be concerned about what was going on and why this was happening to me. So I started to kind of think about when the numbness was happening, what was making it worse. And uh, I, I basically was able to decipher that I was sleeping incorrectly. So it had nothing to do with, you know, my previous surgery and that was going through my head as well. But I had uh, been a stomach sleeper my entire life since, since I was a kid. So this is what was normal for me was to sleep on my stomach. And after the bicep surgery happened, uh, I had to, you know, wear a brace at night. And so I had to sleep with my arm uh, basically at 90 degrees. And when you're sleeping on your stomach, what, ha what ended up happening was because my arm had to be at 90 degrees, it was kind of above my head. And um, the, the ulnar nerve that runs, uh, basically runs through your elbow uh, was getting crushed. It was get, getting completely crushed every single night again and again and again. And eventually it just kind of gave up because it was getting crushed down so much. And so I identified that, but I didn't know at that point in time, I didn't know that it was the ulnar nerve and I didn't know that uh, I had that much damage already done. So I went in for a nerve conduction test uh, just because, you know, it seemed like it was nerve related and it was nerve related. But uh, that nerve conduction test, uh, because the practitioner that administered the nerve conduction test came back inconclusive even though it was clear as day what was going on in my mind in hindsight, I didn't know what it was. So from that point, we went into MRIs because basically it could have been anything from my neck to like a brachial plexus kind of running through my shoulder. So basically where that nerve starts on my neck all the way down to my hand. But typically with a nerve injury, you see the symptoms at the end of the chain. So my hand, if I had something going on my neck, my hand would potentially be where I would see the injury uh, happening. And that's exactly what was happening. So, you know, this um, was, to be fair, kind of a, a big game of what is going on. I'm going to try this. This is inconclusive. I'm going to try this. This is inconclusive. So I ended up having four different MRIs. I had a kind of experimental uh, nerve injection done that was uh was really ridiculous to be fair i mean the needle that they used to go into my arm was i mean it, it was probably well over a foot long and they went in and, and injected my nerve uh to try to help it um but again at the heart of all of this i was sleeping incorrectly so basically no matter if i did the right treatment or or we we were kind of stumbling onto something that might help i was going back every single night and doing more and more damage to that. So uh, I, I essentially said to myself, okay, I've got to correct the sleeping. 
I under, I need to understand how I can teach myself to sleep on my back. And so then getting a CPAP became a very real thing. I needed to go in to get a sleep study, but they made that process so unbelievably hard for me. I had to go to my doctor. I had to get a prescription. I had to get a referral. And then I had to go, you know, do an at-home sleep test. And then I had to go in for a sleep study where you stay overnight. And all of these things were separated by weeks uh, and months when I really, really badly needed the CPAP right away. So that's something that, um, you know, I wish I could do something to change. And, you know, if you are having sleeping problems uh, and, and you know, you're, you're tired all the time and, you know, potentially sleeping in a bad position and you're having some of these nerve things that are showing up, please don't wait too long. Uh, I, I waited too long and, you know, I should have identified some of this earlier in hindsight, but I d really didn't know what was going on. So sleeping position is very important. Um, and I, I had to learn that uh, a very, very hard way. But I'm going through, I'm doing the, this sleep study. At the same time, I'm getting all of these different MRIs done to me, and I'm not getting answers. All of this experimental type of stuff that, that I was able to do wasn't helping, again, no answers. And so as you can imagine, uh, if you can, you know, kind of think where I was at that point uh, in my life, uh, 2011, I won every single strongman contest that I entered. I was the, the strongest man on the planet. I was, I was, you know, at that point, unbeatable. Walking in 2012, I had had the bicep. I overcame that. Now I have this nerve problem. And on a daily basis, I'm waking up. And I cannot, I can't even squeeze my sock to put it on my foot. I would go to try to uh, clip my fingernails, but I, I literally didn't have enough strength left in my left hand to squeeze the fingernail clippers to clip my own uh, fingernails. I mean, it was, it was to the point where my uh, hand, my left hand had atrophied. So all the intrinsic hand muscles that we never think about as human beings because you just take it for granted that you can, you know, reach over and grab something and, and tell your fingers to move and, and, you know, function, basically. It's stuff that, that we just, you know, kind of take for granted. All of that I lost. So I couldn't open a, a doorknob. I couldn't hold a, uh, like a pan to cook. I just, all of these normal things on a daily basis and, and what that will do when you go from being at the top like I was to being at a, a spot where I was not only concerned about my strongman career, I was now concerned about my life, right? I mean, I'm, if I can't get the function of my hand back, I can't have a normal life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm now going to be, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways disabled from being able to do normal things. So this is all creeping into my head and on a daily basis. And I remember vividly, I would wake up, you know, take a shower and I go uh, sit on my bed and, and try to put my sock on, right? So that was my challenge and whether or not I could get that sock um, and squeeze it, pinch it hard enough that I could get that sock to go on my foot. And, you know, when, when that's how your day starts, it's very, very, very difficult to have a positive outlook 
um, on the day. And, um, you know, it was, it was hard for me. And, and, um, you know, as I shared with you guys many times, uh, you know, the be great mentality and, and being positive and, you know, going after your goals and, and all this stuff, I'm, I'm really having to look in the mirror at that point, because I'm at, I'm at a point where I don't know what's wrong. Right. And then, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with the sleep stuff I'm dealing with, uh, trying to figure out what's going on with the nerve. And then on, on top of all of this, is maybe the worst thing for me is that I was in a a very toxic uh, relationship as well, and that toxic relationship uh, had caused me to uh, have problems with my parents. So my relationship with my parents, which had always been great, uh, had gone majorly downhill. My relationship with my family my relationship with my friends. Um, and, you know, it's one of these things where um, on top of that, you're, you're kind of down already. And uh, I wasn't getting as many uh, calls from people, right? So, you know, in 2011, I had won everything and everybody was like, oh man, you know, Brian wants you to do this. We want you to do that. We want you to come here. We want you to show up here. And then all of a sudden in 2012, I had not had a, a, a great year for me, certainly. And, um, you know, there wasn't people reaching out and, and uh, you know, I wasn't very vocal about what I was going through, but it was hard to not get calls from, you know, people that I thought were in my corner, people that I thought were my friends uh, that cared about me. And, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, being in that uh, relationship for me was probably the worst thing uh that that could have happened and uh i don't say that lightly and you know i'm not going to go into too much detail about that but when i say it was bad it was it was horrible and it was taking me to a breaking point in my life so i felt like at that point everything was just getting piled on me more and more and more and this is the only time um and this is very hard for me to say but it, it was the only time in my life where I can honestly, genuinely say that I was literally to the point where I didn't know if I was going to go on or I, I could go on or, you know, I would think about, okay, if I, um, you know, commit suicide, where, who's going to be impacted by that, right? And, you know, because all these relationships with my family, with my friends um, had been impacted, uh, you know, I, I just didn't know if, if they would care or, you know, how they would be impacted by that. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's real, right? It's, it's something where I'm a very, very positive, uh, individual. And I've always been positive my whole life. I've been goal oriented my whole life, but all of the goals I was trying to go after seemed like so far away at that point. And, um, you know, where my life was, was at such a low, low point that uh, that's what I was thinking about, right? And um, that's where I kind of would say that that for me during that time, that was kind of like my rock bottom, right? I uh, didn't know how I was going to climb out of this. And, uh, you know, I kind of was able to look myself in the mirror and, and the way that I was able to start to climb out of that position was, I decided that I was going to focus on one positive thing every single day, right? Instead of 
thinking about the negativity of what I couldn't do or, you know, what I had in front of me, I would think about one positive thing and it could be the smallest thing in the world. So for example, if I got up and the sun was out, the sun was shining, that would be one thing. Maybe the, the sky was blue, right? Or here in Colorado, you can see the mountains when it's a clear day. Maybe that would be my thing that I was going to focus on. Wow, that view is really beautiful. Or, you know, it could be literally the, the smallest thing in the world, but each day I would find something small that I could say was positive. And I would say, okay, that's what I'm going to focus on here. And today I'm going to make as good as I possibly can. So once I started doing that, I was able to finally get the CPAP machine that I needed. And that was a challenge in itself because at that point I needed to not only learn how to use the CPAP machine, but I had to, to reteach myself how to sleep on my back. So I was not pinching that nerve anymore and causing more damage, which is, is easier said than done. That was a process that, that literally took me months, but I was disciplined in that fact. And I said, this is something I have to do. At the same time, I was going in for treatment. I was getting treatment uh, several different times per week to try to figure out what was going on uh, with my arm. I finally was able to get to a, um, a doctor that was able to do a nerve conduction test and he was great. He was wonderful. He was able to identify exactly where I was having uh, my nerve issues, where the blockage was. Um, and from there, he was able to refer me to a surgeon. And that surgeon uh, was wonderful, right? And, and um, you know, he's, he's a guy that I, I owe a lot to, I feel like, um, you know, because of how badly my uh, nerve, well, nerves were pinched. So I had uh, uh, ulnar nerve at the elbow and then uh, median nerve uh, at basically at the wrist, kind of, you know, a lot of people would say that's kind of like a, a carpal tunnel uh, type of thing. So what I needed to have done was a release of those nerves. Now, with that being said, uh, I also needed to earn money <laughs> at this time to keep living. So I uh, basically set my sights on trying to do the Arnold Classic in 2013. After kind of going through all these tests, getting all this treatment, you know, I, I was trying to do my best, but I feel like once I was able to start sleeping uh, in a better position and I wasn't doing more damage, plus the treatment that I was getting done uh, on a weekly basis, I felt like things kind of got just a touch better where I, I thought that I might be able to compete uh, at the Arnold. So I, I set my sights on that. That's what I wanted to do. But going through the training, getting ready for the Arnold Classic, one of the things that I distinctly remember is my hand, like I said, was so atrophied, right? So the intrinsic hand muscles were so atrophied that I, I remember I would go in to train and, and specifically go into deadlift. And basically there wasn't enough flesh left on my hand so ba it it felt like it like and was quite literally other than a layer of skin my bones on the deadlift bar so it was my bones grinding on the deadlift bar so I would go in and you know I'd, I'd go to deadlift and it was incredibly painful because I didn't have that flesh left on the in my palm basically so when I'd go to grab the bar 
And sometimes it hurt bad enough where I would have to stop training that and uh, do something else, try to um, overcome that in a different way, do some different training. But it was very, very disheartening going through that training cycle because of, you know, the things that I wasn't able to do. I wasn't able to uh, do everything I wanted. But like I said, I needed to get there because uh, I need, I felt like I needed to make the prize money from the Arnold Classic uh, in 2013. And, um, you know, it was quite a battle. It was quite a battle to get to the Arnold Classic. And, you know, looking back on it, I would say that I, I don't know exactly how I was able to do that, but I focused on it. I set a goal and I, you know, day by day by day by day was able to kind of climb myself out of that that lowest point in my life, um, quite literally, and, you know, start to train for that. And, and, you know, things started to come around a little bit. I was not at my best uh, at the 2013 Arnold, um, not even close, but I went in there and I said, you know what, I'm going to give it everything uh, that I had and uh, went into that contest and I ended up in second place. I finished in second place at the Arnold in 2013. Um, you know, and after all the stuff that I had been through, I, I quite literally uh, remember I needed one more dumbbell press uh, to win to win that contest. So they had the monster dumbbell uh, that year, and I was on the stage. The lights were on, and and um, I had the opportunity to do it. And instead of being focused on the contest and executing uh, that that event, I remember thinking to myself as I had that dumbbell on my shoulder, this dumbbell presses for money, you know, that I really need. And I had put so much pressure on myself to try to do that, that my, I lost focus uh, during that contest. And, and I, I didn't get that dumbbell press. Right. And that uh, broke me, you know, as I'm talking about this, it, it kind of broke me a little bit more, um, but it was still a positive, right? And and uh, I tried to I tried to walk away from that and still take the positive and say, hey, you know what? If you would have told me two months ago or three months ago that I was going to be able to climb this hill and get second place at the Arnold uh, after all the other stuff that I had gone through, I would have taken it, right? And uh, so that's what I took from that. I then was able to meet with the surgeon and uh, essentially kind of make a plan for for my surgery so he was going to do a nerve release uh, at my elbow and at my wrist and so I remember walking in to him uh, and this this was after the Arnold had happened and uh, he looked at me he did his, his physical inspection kind of looked at my hand and had me do a couple things and I vividly remember uh, him saying to me he said well you're six months too late so, you know, I should have seen you six months ago. You have so much atrophy in your hand. You have so much damage at this point that I can do the surgery, but I don't know if you're going to be able to come back. I don't know. I don't know. I can't guarantee how successful this is all going to be for you. And I said to him at that point, I said to him, look, you do the surgery, do the best that you can possibly do, and I will work harder than anybody has ever worked to get the function of my hand back, and I will overcome this, and I will beat it. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he knew that, that I was going to put that work in, and, and I very much trusted him um, to 
execute and get the surgery done. So we made the plan for the surgery. I wanted to go compete one more time. There was an Arnold that was happening in Brazil. Uh, didn't have any grip in it. I felt like I could do well enough uh, in that contest and, and uh, then fly back. And I did. I went to Brazil. I handled that contest. I won that contest. Um, and that was right at the end of April uh, in 2013. And then uh, I flew immediately right back. And then May 1st of 2013 was the day that I had the nerve release surgery done to correct everything. So he um, ended up having to cut my uh, at my elbow a lot more because I was the, the nerve was very, very tied up um, in that area. So, you know, I went in, you know, thinking it was going to be a couple inches of incision and ended up being, I think, gosh, I don't know, nine or 10 uh, inches of incision. I mean, he really, really had to cut that area open to get everything uh, opened up the way that it needed to be. Uh, but he executed, he did his part. Um, it was Dr. Viola at the uh, Stedman Clinic, great, great uh, surgeon. And, and uh, I was so thankful for him. But I had a bigger goal that I wanted to achieve at that point. So I remember I had the surgery. And as I had said in this podcast, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago, I was in a very toxic uh, relationship. So that surgery for me was kind of like the turning point. And I said, okay, May 1st, surgery's done. Now everything is going to change. Everything's going to change. So I ended that uh, that toxic relationship and got out of it. Right. And it was one of those things where again, without going in to too much detail, it was exactly what needed to happen. And I had to have the strength to do that. And so I found that strength and, uh, was able to end that. That was one of the boxes that need to be checked. And I did that right after I had the surgery. Um, so that, that was something that, uh, you know, kind of, in a lot of ways, you know, it was, it was difficult for me. I'm not going to say, you know, I know I'm not going into a lot of detail and, you know, there's, um, you know, there's not a lot of detail other than it, it was bad. It was bad. So anybody that's been in a, a situation like that, a relationship like that, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, that was mentally breaking me and I was able to overcome it. So I was very, uh, happy, to, uh, to get out of that and, and, um, and move on. And so from there, I had to go in for therapy, right? Because at this point, I couldn't make my fingers move. So I, I couldn't do, you know, normal stuff where I could, I could touch my fingers together. I could pick things up. Uh, so I went into uh, hand therapy and I had to go there a few times a week and they would essentially give me exercises. But when I walked into hand therapy, what I told my therapist was, look, and, and that was probably the first week in May. It was pretty quick after, after my surgery. World's Strongest Man, uh, from May 1st, I had until the first week of August in 2013. And I told my therapist, and he said, well, I'm not sure that I really want you lifting uh, and doing stuff. And I said, look, this is, this is the objective, and this is where I'm going to get to. I'm going to win world's strongest man. And this is, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make this happen. Give me the exercises that I need to do. And then I would go to hand therapy and quite literally, I would sit next to, you know, little old ladies and we would have to pick up tacks. So, you know, so, so for anybody that doesn't know what a tack is, it's just kind of a sharp, um, 
you know, kind of pointy edged object, I guess. And, you know, the game that, that, uh, I guess now is really, really old school is, you know, you bounce a bouncy ball and try to pick up a tack and then catch the bouncy ball. But you had to, I had to pick these tacks up, right? So I had to do it with my index finger, middle finger, ring finger, pinky, and, and basically teach my hands how to move all, among a bunch of different exercises. So I went back and I started, I started training. I did what I could do and I executed on that, uh, going through all of that. So I'm going, to, to hand therapy, trying to teach my hand how to move again, and also training for world's strongest man at the exact same time. To say that I was committed in the summer of 2013 is kind of an understatement. I was overcoming all of this, you know, stuff in my, my personal life. I was overcoming, you know, this injury. I was coming back from the surgery. I'm making my hand uh, work again and um rebuilding myself in so many different ways and you know still finding positivity right i was still finding positivity and i started to build so much positive momentum in that summer and i believed i believed in my heart what i was going to be able to do at world's strongest man i envisioned it i dreamt it i i i got to the point where every single day I was getting better and every single day I was working toward that goal. And I was able to come out of that, you know, um, and there, there's just different stuff along the way, you know, going through that therapy, looking back, I mean, I would walk in and I didn't have the calluses built up on, on my hand, um, you know, when I was going into training. So I, I went in uh, to training and, and really tore my hand badly, my left hand really, really badly, but the next day I had to go for um, hand therapy and I walked in and, and, and you know, the therapist <laughs> looked at my hand and, and uh, said, oh, what happened there? And I, I literally said back to him, oh, I just slipped, right? I just, uh, just slipped. And, and I remember he was like, wow, that must have been, been some slip. Um, but he knew that I was training. I was vocal with him and, and uh, you know, I was on a mission and he understood that mission. And I think, uh, you know, at that point, I don't know if he had ever had anybody like me uh, walk in to have, you know, hand therapy. And, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people that walked in there wouldn't even do the exercises uh, that he gave them and, and uh, wouldn't work outside of their actual appointments. And, you know, for me, I was doing that until I literally couldn't do it anymore. And then I would wake up the next day and do it again. And so I overcame all of that uh, and walked into world's strongest man in 2013 uh ready to go and i walked in there and i executed right and i executed i won world's strongest man in 2013 overcoming a lot you know at that contest and that's kind of a entirely different story but uh people ask me often uh which one of my my world's strongest man titles means the most to me and i and i and i will say they all mean a lot to me but my second one in 2013 is very very special because I had to climb out of that valley and I had to climb the mountain again right I had to start at the bottom and and you know every single day I had to to, to wake up and climb again climb again climb again and, and overcome you know what uh, I would say a lot of people would have would have considered to be an insurmountable task 
and uh you know i got i got the the function of my hand back uh good enough you know i would say that um in all fairness it's it's probably not what it was but you know i i worked incredibly hard to get it back to a point where you know it hasn't hindered me it hasn't uh held me up or or anything and uh um you know i was able to fight through all of that and and you know i think winning world strongest man in 2013 just kind of was such a uh emotional moment for me but you know it just proved and reinforced you know everything that i had thought about being positive and setting goals and you know waking up and getting better each and every day because i had to walk it i had to live it and i think a lot of times with me people just kind of assume maybe i had an easy path or things were given to me nothing was ever given to me nothing was ever handed to me i had to work for everything that i have ever gotten and you know i've had plenty of moments where i've had to overcome adversity i've had you know plenty of challenges in my life and uh you know this time uh and you know end of 2012 into 2013 and you know getting into that year was a very very low point uh for me but like i said at the beginning of this i was thankful for it and i still am thankful for it because it made me grow as a person and it made me stronger because i didn't break right i could i could have broken and you know there there was points where i was considering breaking and you have your your you know that weakness creeping into your to your mind and saying wow you know this this seems like something that's not going to work and something you can't overcome but you can overcome it you can find a different gear you can always always find more and you can climb out of wherever you are and you can get better each and every day and like i said the power of thinking about one positive thing every single day that is amazing it really is amazing and in life it's so so easy to think about the negative and to get down and when you think about something negative all the time it will spiral into negativity and it's too easy to do that it's very easy to do that it's harder to think of something positive and try to build positive momentum but that positivity will carry over to your day to your week to your month to your year and then to your life and so what i would say to anybody out there you know that's going through a tough time that's you know got some challenges in front of them that needs to maybe climb up from their low point right we all have low points we all have you know things where you know it does seem a little bit insurmountable at times I'm sitting here telling you that you can, and you have to believe it in your heart, in your head, and uh, execute. Just get up and execute, be positive, and keep moving forward because, you know, there's something out there for you, and there's something that, that uh, you can strive to be. You can strive to be better. You can strive to, um, you know, do so many different things uh in this life and uh you know this is just my story and again it's uh something where i executed and, and was able to come back from that and win world's strongest man when you know a lot of people 
um, probably thought my career was over. And, you know, people said that after the bicep, people said that after the nerve and I've, uh, gone on from there and, and, uh, that certainly hasn't stopped me and, you know, whatever challenge you're going through shouldn't stop you either. So hopefully you guys got something out of this today. And, uh, like I said, that's sometimes not fun, uh, to talk about those low points and, and, um, admit, uh, that to the world, but, my goal with this and with this podcast and, and um, you know, with these messages is try to help people out and to, you know, try to inspire people to, to push themselves a little bit further, find that next gear. So if you were able to do that, um, you know, if you got something out of this, uh, you know, please share the podcast, share it with somebody who you think uh, might gain something from this. I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate all the love and support uh, that you have given the podcast at this point. We're just getting started and um, it's been really fun uh, to try to learn and grow and, and uh, you know, get the feedback and positive messages that we have. So um, we'll keep it going and uh, hopefully you guys, like I said, um, can take something from this and uh, apply it to your life in some way, shape or form. But uh, hope you're all doing amazing for now. Go out and be great and we'll check you guys later.